0: Uh, well, it was wide, like, you know. I don't know how many thousand people <laughs> were here. I'd say every one of them thought it was wide except the umpire. But anyway, sure look, that's what happens when you, you know, when your way of grounds, you don't tend to get
1: breaks. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor. With exfoliating bar. Let's turn our attention to the Six Nations. Uh, Warren Gatland against Ireland. This is very exciting and I'm delighted to say to help preview the game two legends Keith Wood and Tom Shanklin. Keith, good morning to you. How are you?
2: Good morning, Joe. How are you?
1: I'm very good. Tom, how are you?
0: Yeah, very good. Thank you very much.
1: Um, around about this time every year we would taunt Wales about how, you know, you're no good. But actually this year I'm terrified of doing it because Warren Gatlin's picked a team that's really strong, loads of experience, just a nice little sprinkling of a sous of youth and... Um, Well, it's suddenly the ghosts of uh, Welsh beatings handed out to us over the last decade or so, randomly. is starting to haunt us a bit. Are you feeling confident?
0: I wish I felt as confident as you. Um, I can't believe you taunt us that badly. (laughs) But more confident than I was last year, because Warren Gannon is back, and he's got the ability to be able to get the best out of players. I think that's why he's so good. That's his um, USP is the ability to get the players to overperform. So, slightly more confident than I was last year, but we're still going through a, a period where we're relying on a lot of old players. There's eight of the 23 which played in 2012 Six Nations. So, we still have a big reliance on a lot of the older guys. You know, you're talking mid-30 players, um, age group. So, Ireland coming uh, number one team in the world slightly slightly daunting because we know how good Ireland are at the moment until you guys reach a World Cup yeah. but <laughs> it, it, the pressure is off us which is good the pressure is off us which is good we got a new 12 in Joe Hawkins so it allowed Wales hopefully to play a little bit wider but I am nervous
1: I, I won't lie to you Keith were you um, were you rolling your eyes there at the pressure's office or was that a just a
2: yeah I, a little bit I love um I, I love and hate the sort of pre-match chat that kind of that happens with coaches and um and and Shanks in fairness to is well able to sucker us into into a false sense of security um but uh, yeah, look it's funny I just think it looks like history repeating itself in many respects and um if I went back to uh, disturbingly 20 20- Three years ago, um, when Gatland, um, after the um, the World Cup in Lance, he stuck with the old stagers, pretty much all the old team, for the first game against England, and we got we got hockeyed. And then there was a huge raft of changes came in immediately after against Scotland, and that seemed to be the change that happened that the young blood got the opportunity. So. I think in many respects he's gone back to what he knows. He's gone back to a group of guys he trusts and who trust him. Um, I will agree with with Tom that he he knows how to get the best out of Wales and the players are very confident with the style that he wants to play. It does look like a a too old team for the first match of a year going into a World Cup Um, and whether a lot of those guys will be there. But I, he also has an idea that people have to fight for the jersey so they're not giving it up too easily um, I, look I would go into this not with nerves um, but with a level of excitement in that Ireland are number one in the World Cup we've consistently reacted poorly to that um, that title um, but um, I, look we just have to go out and prove that we can play better than Wales can and um, I don't know how much of an influence he can have. He will get them playing focused but I have to i have to believe that Ireland have to have that confidence to back up their placing, to back up the skills that they have and the players that they have um, and we're pretty much injury free for the most part. Um, look, I think it'll be a very tough game. We've lost there consistently over the last um, whatever it is, six or eight years so you know, for for me, it would be a grudge enough of a grudge match to make certain that Ireland bring their top game.
1: Tom, the the um, we did a, a good deep dive with the statistics yesterday with um, uh, a rugby analyst who was basically pointing out that Wales have been so far off it over the last year or so that actually to improve all they all they really have to do to make a significant improvement would be to do the basics right, and that's one of the things that Gatland always gets right is like. Uh, everybody knows exactly what their job is everybody fulfills the functions within that role and if you don't you you come out of the team but the certainty around what Gatlin will give the team and trying to do I guess that's one of the reasons why he's gone back to the old stagers
0: yeah it is it definitely is he's a massive focus on set piece and I think that's why he's picked six Ospreys in the pack against Ireland at the weekend Uh, we saw what the Ospreys did to Montpellier home and away we saw how good their scrum was against Leinster recently and his game is based a lot around set-piece. So you get a good scrum, then you've got the ability to attack off that. And as I said, we've got a new sort of dynamic backline, which is really good. We've gone away from having just a big ball carrying 12. You know, we've got a ball player there now. So a lot of moves and a, and a lot of attack now comes off the 12. You know, it's sort of... 12 has been redefined in rugby, really, as as their role. It's not just smash and bang and, and big hit. It's been having the ability to put people in the space and to attack off 12. So I'm really excited about Joe Hawkins. And selection was big for me. And it was announced yesterday. It was done really early. Plenty of confidence behind it. And it was sort of saying, right, this is our team. And I think they're going to attack a little bit wider. I don't think we can muscle Ireland at the moment because of the, the big carriers you guys have got and, and the power you've got I think we have to be careful about where we attack so I think as I said that the, the 12 position is key and, and that just gives us two ball players now so we can play a little bit wider we've got a fairly mobile back row as well um, which isn't really used to sort of pick and go in, in, uh, in the tight it's more of a a dynamic um, back row which will play a little bit wide, and, and you've got players like Tipperick, which and Falatau, which can play in those wide channels. So for me, it makes sense to play wide. You know, it doesn't make sense to try and pick and go and, and to keep it tight against a team like Ireland. So they're the exciting parts. Were you? Um, but you need to get it right on the
3: day. Were you surprised, Tom, by the Lee Halfpenny inclusion? I think it's the first start for him in in 19 months. He gets the nod ahead of Liam Williams. You'd imagine to. I guess, counteract that Irish kicking thread as well. But do they come a, a little bit out of the blue?
0: I was quite surprised with his selection. I was quite surprised with Alan Wynne-Jones' selection. The problem we got at 15 is that there's no players coming through, really. There's um, Lee Halfpenny and Liam Williams, and they're the two players that basically Wales have got to rely on. We've seen Josh Adams play a little bit of 15 recently, and he could, be, he could hold down that, that position in time to come. But Liam Williams hasn't played much recently. He's had concussion issues. He went off with a bad hand against Breve away in the Challenge Cup. So there'd be a, a limit to the amount of training that he would have done. Um, what you get with Lee Halfpenny, though, is just someone that's unbelievably solid. He's like a goalkeeper at the back. You know, he won't miss tackles. He won't drop balls. He'd be able to kick the ball um, out of the accurately. Um, in very low error count. But... I think you just you limit yourself slightly with that counter attack ability, and I look at Ireland's counter attack and someone like Hugo Keenan. He's a fantastic player and he's a threat everywhere when he's got ball in hand. So, as much as it is good in defence to have Lee Halfpenny, I, I still think it, it just limits what we can do in attack
1: slightly. Keith, the uh point is well made about Gatlin naming his team early in the week, you know, it's going to be a rallying cry for the, the Welsh fans I haven't heard yet about the roof and what the story is with it, but like the atmosphere will be absolutely incredible. From an Ireland perspective, we're very hungry to see what Ryan Baird can do in the team, we're very hungry to see uh, how well any of the the players slightly below the top rank in the depth chart might do but the first week up in the Six Nations, Andy Farr is going to be true, it looks like, to how he has always picked and it's best team available for the game, irrespective of long-term planning. And it's worked for him so far. You hope that it's going to work for us around the World Cup, as Tom kindly points out again to us. (laughs) So what what would you do in this scenario? Is it best available 15 to start, best available subs, or is there any room for stick Ryan Baird in the team, keep the rest of the team full and see what happens?
2: Um, I, what I think has changed with with Farrell over the last period of time is that the manner in which you've laid that out, it kind of shows as if there's an element of risk involved in picking Ryan Baird or something like that. Um, I don't view Farrell's uh, mindset in that way. I think he picks the best team always. He picks the best um, guys to, to win the game. He makes certain that certain guys get rested at different times, and I think there are matches where, where that can happen. But he hasn't been shy in in dropping players in. I mean, I think there could be the opportunity of Jamie Osborne getting getting a run very early. Um, this sounds like a, re- a repeating loop, but Six Nations is about momentum. You want to get off to a win. If you don't get off to a win, you're you're struggling always. Um, confidence drops very quickly. Uh, so if you get a win at the start, everything works it's whatever decisions he decides he wants to make in terms of that so um i think he, he more than more than most i think the irfu have dealt with the idea that you earn your crust in the six nations and that's something that's essential and in terms of all the finances all the sponsorship everything that happens this is a ludicrously huge business um huge competition this is the one that you, you you drive the whole professional game in Ireland with, so you can't suddenly chop and change too much. But I think if you look at what's happened over the last last year in particular, I think he's made pretty decent decisions to, to bring players in and out. They've worked for the most part. Um, he is willing to have a go. I don't know that necessarily this is the game
3: to do so. If you're Andy Farrell-Keith, just Judging on what you're saying, are you throwing Jimmy Osborne in from the start, or is it a is it a Bundiaki, a more natural, uh, traditional selection? I was trying to make the case for Stuart McCluskey yesterday. That that number twelve position is is one of the I guess the standout uh, question marks over the team this week.
2: Look, I look I really think it is. I think um uh, Robbie Henshaw is our, our first number twelve and he's injured. So who are the guys that are going to to take it up? I think McCluskey um, has consistently played well for Ulster when he's played for Ireland, when he's got his chances, which have been few and far between. Um, it hasn't exactly gone his way and he hasn't got it in a full team. He did in the autumn. He did some very good stuff and then drifted a little, I think. Um, Bundy has been, hasn't been has played for a while, um, um, has been suspended and hasn't been picked then by Connacht. Um Osborne got a chance and took a chance and looks really, really exciting. And But one player is not the same as changing five players. So if you think that this guy is a really big, viable alternative and has youth, gas and all the attributes that you want, yes, you can. It's not a huge risk to change one player. It's a huge risk to change six players. But to put one player in, I don't think it's a risk at all. And for me to take the opportunity that we have because of Robbie Henshaw's pretty bad uh, injury record, I think it would be great to have another player that might be the boater for the World Cup. So I I wouldn't see it as a risk putting him in, this, in the team.
1: Uh, Tom, the, the quality of, of rugby that you expect from Gatland, how, how quickly do you expect the turnaround to happen Um Keith's point about the uh, 23 years ago when we got absolutely annihilated by England, the next week uh, we ended up picking uh, Stringer and O'Gara, uh, Easterby, Shane Horgan and somebody else came in. Um, John Hayes. John Hayes. Uh, all of whom went on to have between 80 and 100 caps and completely transformed the face of Irish rugby. Although, interestingly, uh, Gatland ended up, as he would say, getting stabbed in the back and, and wasn't allowed to take it to glory. In this situation, he's there for the long haul. Everybody knows he's going to be around for this World Cup and the next World Cup. So, he needs to manage his resources very carefully. But if, if, for example, things didn't go well, would you expect that there is a core of, of new players coming through who can affect what he wants to do quickly?
0: I don't think there's a core of a big group of players coming through. I think we've got certain individuals that will come through. But this is a big worry in Wales. Like when Gatlin took over, he had a, a, the core of players that, and he had them for sort of 10, 12 years now. Um, we don't have the strength and depth coming through there's certain individual players but he's going to have to do it it's going to be totally different to 2008 when he came in when he had this group of players now he's got a lot of the players that he's relied on at some stage they will be retiring and he's going to have to blood Newton uh, uh, youngsters Sorry, coming through so it's very different for him. I think we'll see an instant impact in, I think the the confident levels of players on the pitch, the energy levels of players on the pitch, the the commitment that maybe we didn't see in the autumn. You know, losing to um, who do we lose? To? L- lost to Australia, lost to Georgia. You know, we were really down and, and low on confidence. So I think he'll install that in players. But I think that's why he's had to pick a lot of old players now for this first test because. He's he knows what they can do. He's confident in what they can do. Um, it's the World Cup around the corner. I think had it not been the World Cup this year, then he might have gone with a new look Welsh team, and he might have put players out of the pasture and brought some youngsters in. But because it is World Cup, he's had to go back to what he knows best. Really, um, but that isn't the future. At some stage, we're going to have to reshuffle, remold this Welsh team, and we're going to have to bring youngsters in because these guys can't go forever.
3: Um, Tom, there's been a lot made of the, the Netflix cameras and, and the, you know what they're doing inside each individual cab, and it seems to be some of the some of the countries are are adapting to it uh, maybe easier than others, and some players are adapting to it easier easier than, than others. I know the the unions stand to make I think it's 113,000 euro each uh, for the first year. This will air in in 2024. As a player, what what do you make of the whole thing? Like I think it was a four man crew following the Irish team around in the Algarve this week. Is it a distraction or or, or is too much being made out of it?
0: I know Keith Wood would have loved it. I think we can tell by the 97 Lions tour. they had been all over that and camera every shot. I think, it's, I think it's great for the game. I watched The Drive to Survive, which they did on, uh, on Netflix. I've watched some of the other ones they've done um, behind the scenes at football stadiums and football teams. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great insight for people into professional game at the top level as well. It's about inspiring youngsters. It's about getting people interested in rugby. I mean, that's one of the reasons why... I wanted to play rugby, seeing those legends of the 97 Lions tour on that video, and I thought, that is what I want. I want some of that fun. I want to be sucking belly buttons in a in a, in a bar. I want to be having a few drinks after games. You want that camaraderie. And I think the, the Netflix show will get that across, and I think it's about growing the game as well. So I can't see many people um, not wanting to do it. I think maybe some of the coaches might be, slightly nervous about what they're going to show, but in terms of the camera crews following the, the players around, following the, the team meetings, I think it's massive and I think it's great for the game. I think it's the way forward.
3: I think the reports in the in the paper, some of the papers this morning, Keith, suggest that seven or eight Irish players have already sat down for interviews with the Netflix crew, reportedly Keith Earls and Peter Mahoney amongst that group, Johnny Sexton maybe not as Forthcoming with uh, with with time, can you understand? Social sometimes? media superstar Peter Marnie, that is. Yeah, well, there you go. Like, can can you see why some players wouldn't want to go near any of this?
2: Ab- absolutely, but I, I, it's funny. I think if it grows the game, that's fantastic. I was actually surprised by the amount of money. It seemed to be very small. Yeah. Um, uh, I would worry a little bit about editorial control. Um, the idea, Duncan, who was. Uh, the head of our crew in 97, him him and his team were totally in the background. So they never asked you a question in, in whatever it was in the six weeks we were on tour. There was no question asked directly of the players. Um, And they, they kind of drifted into the background. You never really knew they were there and they weren't, um, you know, it wasn't intrusive in any way, shape or form. What you don't actually want to do is have players change their behaviors because they have a camera on them, you know, the the sort of unintended consequence of, of, of being viewed will change something, you know. So, um, look, I think it can be great for the game because we're looking to try and make the game uh, bigger. But as always, you just want to make certain that. It's all about the game and the game doesn't get affected by it. So, but I can understand why some guys don't want to do it. And, you know, if someone says, well, we want to interview you, and they say, well, I don't want to, I'm concentrating on the game. That's their right too, you know. So, um, uh, and much contrary to, to, to Shanks's line, I was stunned by the how much I was in that video in '97 for the very simple reason that. Slash delighted. the lighted. There was 170 hours of footage actually was cut down to that. So um, my mother wasn't particularly happy because of my bad language, but, you know, that happens too.
1: (laughs) The truth will out eventually. Tom, I guess the point about the people not wanting to be filmed is that there's always some clown in the corner with a camera and their phone live streaming or recording something for Instagram. So um, they're probably quite aware of the fact that. They're potentially being filmed, sometimes accidentally by a teammate, as the Irish women's football team found out.
0: Yeah, no, they will be. And Keith's right, you know, it, it is editorial control, really. But I look at all the bad PR going around rugby at the moment, and it's it's about encouraging youngsters to, to play rugby when they're young. So, you know, they, we don't lose them to the system. Um, there's all there's loads of issues with rugby at the moment. And I think this is a perfect way of of trying to grow it and get people more excited by it. Um, there's always people that don't want to do media. There's always people that don't want to do interviews, wh- whether it's in the week, whether it's post game. You know, there's there's shy people and, and there's extrovert people. So I think, like he said, the, the best way is is just sort of blending into the background and trying to let people be themselves. You will have to be a little bit careful around um, the cameras like you can't be showing all these whatsapp messages some videos going through with loud noises coming up but there'd be there will be a lot of fun in there as well and there'll be a, a lot of a lot of banter and a lot of people trying to stitch each other up on camera and everything and, and be part of it because it's also a, a bit of a shop window to sell yourself as yeah. well because it's not just about rugby, it's about what you do after rugby as
1: well. I think that's a, a key point. We're we're completely out of time here, folks, but um, I'm looking for predictions before we go. Keith, you sound confident that Ireland can go over and control the game and win,
2: yeah, I, well, I, I am confident. Um, we have to prove it for every minute of the game, but I would hope and think that Ireland would win by eight to ten.
1: We would take that, Tom. What do you think is going to happen?
0: I think um, Leinster and Bundeeaki, sorry, Ireland <laughs> will come over, and I think they'll they'll be too strong. They're too well drilled. They're too
1: good in attack and defence. And I think
0: I think it could be around. 12 to 15 points Ireland win
1: I'm glad you made that Leinster and Bondiaki quip because if we make it we get killed by the monster fans but uh, 12, <laughs> 12 to 15 points you're shithousing us here
3: Tom I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've taken the pressure off Wales right because I, I don't really mean that I think no I, I, I do I think at the moment I think where Ireland are and with Wales and, and new combinations I think it's going to be a really tough ask to play such a, a quality team at the moment who are peaking well
1: we've uh, hopefully Piqued the appetite of everybody watching this morning. Uh, Keith Ward, Tom Shanklin, great to have you with us, folks. Thanks a million. Cheers, gents. Thanks, everyone. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.